Thank you, worship team. Okay, as, as, as Matt has said earlier on, we're, we're into part four of our 10 series, and we're talking about the Ten Commandments. Um, now, the Ten Commandments, if, um, you, you know, uh, if, if you were, um, you know, of my vintage, if I can say it that way, um, I grew up with the Ten Commandments as part of, you know, even, even going to school. Like, we, we learned the Ten Commandments. It was a part of our instruction uh, our, our, our daily, uh, uh, you know, what we had to recite and know. And yet, the Ten Commandments uh, comes under incredible battle uh, in our culture nowadays. Um, and what's interesting, too, is that you get people all the time, uh, you know, people say to me all the time about the Bible, the Bible is written by human beings. And, you know, so it's just a book that, that, that has been written by people about God. And I say, no, that's not necessarily true. And they say, well, why not? Like, so-and-so wrote this book, so-and-so wrote this book, so-and-so wrote this book. And I say, that may be true. But when it comes to the Ten Commandments, it is the only part of the Bible that we got directly from God. Did you know that? Moses only received the Ten Commandments because they were etched in stone By the very finger of God. Moses did not write the Ten Commandments. He received the Ten Commandments and brought them down the mountain to show the rest of the nation. So when it comes to the Ten Commandments, these are ten words, as uh, ten vevarim as they're known in Hebrew, to the people of God directly from God. God. So it's, it's, it's amazing. It's an amazing piece of literature, if I can say it that way, because it, it institutes something that, that God desires, I think, for all of humanity. Jesus even affirmed the Ten Commandments while he was here. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. And uh, most of us, when we think of the Ten Commandments, we don't think that there's any commentary attached to it in the sense that it's do not do this, do not do this, do not do this, do not do this. But there's some very important commentary attached to the Ten Commandments. And we're going to look at that here. I'm going to do something very, very simple. We're just going to go through the Ten Commandments in Deuteronomy 5. You have a chart as well in your, um, in your life group stuff. Um, I'm going to deal with that chart a little later, but I just want you to follow along and look at these Ten Commandments. And the Ten Commandments are set up in a particular way, okay? There are these vertical commandments, and there's these horizontal commandments. The first four relate to God himself. The the last six relate to our relationship human to human, that's the way that they are set up. They're set up as a catechism, too, so, so the people of Israel could remember them and recite them and, and be able to say it very easily. Most people think that, you know, five commandments were on one, one tablet, five commandments were on another tablet. Most scholars believe that all ten were on one, and uh, the other ten, uh, another, the ten were duplicated on the second because a copy had to go to each party in the relationship, in the covenant, Okay, God got a copy, the people of God got a copy. So the contract or the covenant, you know, stipulations of that covenant were, were understood by both sides. Okay, so really, really important stuff. Uh, so let's, let's start. Here's the very first verse of Deuteronomy 5, verse 6. I am the Lord your God. 
who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. This is how God begins the Ten Commandments. And notice that he says, he says something, I am the Lord, your God. Not the Lord, the God. God has already established something very, very important. He's already established a relationship with the people. God is, that's the way God works. We think that we have to adhere to God by a set of rules, by a set of, of you know, being good or becoming something before we can even enter into a relationship with God. But God enters into a relationship with us and then works on our character, then works on the relationship, how God wants to improve it. And God is very clear here. I am the Lord, your God, that the relationship is already established. Next verse says this. You must not have any other God but me. The very first commandment. Must not have any other God but me. That is number one. Second. Now, here's the second commandment. Look how long it is. You must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea. You must not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations of those who reject me. But I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commandments. Very interesting that God puts a commentary right there in the second commandment about not having idols. And by the way, if you, if you understand the whole nation of Israel and, the, and, and they're being sent into exile, this is the number one reason that they worshiped other gods and not Yahweh. Here, number three, you must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. The Lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse his name. And by the way, this does not mean swearing alone. Anytime you use God's name and you misrepresent God, you, you're breaking this commandment. Okay? We often just think in terms of using God's you know, language and name in a foul way. But that's not, it's much, much, much more than that. Okay, next one. Ah, look at this. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your oxen and donkeys and other livestock, and any foreigners living among you. All your male and female servants must rest as you do. Remember that you were once slaves in Egypt, but the Lord your God brought you out with a strong hand and powerful arm. That is why the Lord your God has commanded you to rest on this Sabbath day. How many of you are feeling very uncomfortable about Sabbath? Yeah, I, you know, absolutely. Amazing the amount of commentary added to this one. Okay. Here we get to the horizontal versions. Honor your father and mother as the Lord your God commanded you. This is the only commandment, by the way, that actually has a promise attached to the commandment. 
And the Apostle Paul uses this in the book of Ephesians. Then you will live a long, full life in the land your God is giving you. So honor your father and mother. Next. You must not murder. It comes in a flurry here. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely against your neighbor. Do we have another? Yeah. Here's the last one. You must not covet your neighbor's wife. You must not covet your neighbor's house or land, male or female servant, ox or donkey, or anything else that belongs to your neighbor. That's the Ten Commandments. I don't know about you, but it's been so long that I, 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 I teach this stuff. And I, it was so long since I had looked at this, I was, I was struck. And I thought to myself, how much, how much in just a very quick snapshot of the expectations of God, the relationship of God, the relationship of people to one another, how much would our society and our culture change if we honored these in any kind of way? Right? You know, I was struck by something. I could see, I could see very, very quickly why so much of our culture resists these words. So much of our culture resists these words. Remember that you were once slaves in Egypt. All right, I'm going to give you a chart. It's all going to be here at once, and we're going to explain this chart to you, okay? Here it is. Um... What the Ten Commandments stand as is this divine bill of rights. Many of us just think of them as do not do this, do not do that. But as I said, the very first commandments are the vertical dimension. They're the, they're the dimension that has God's divine rights attached to it. The other side, the last six, are the covenant rights, the horizontal dimension, the, the relationship between you and I, the relationship between each other. These are very, very important because God understands what we need in order to be in relationship with each other, okay? Um, these, are, these are not rules by which we become right with God. They are what it means to live in covenant fidelity and loyalty, when you're already in a relationship with God. Very important. So when God says, no other God before me, the very first commandment on the left there, this is God's right to exclusive allegiance. Okay? God is the creator. Remember we talked about God being the creator. And because God is the creator, he has exclusive allegiance and rights to his creation. And we attempt to usurp that anytime we try to put ourselves above God. And God says, I have the right to my creation. I have the right to allegiance because I am the creator. Number two is no idols. And the God, this is God's right to the definition of his image. We want to make a God in our image, but we have been made in God's image. And God has the right to define his image who he is. And when we, when we portray an image of God, especially when it's false, that distorts. Commandment number two. Number three, no using God's name in vain. God's right 
to honor and respect. Very, very important. Remember Jesus you know, began that, that uh, prayer, and he said, Our Father in heaven, may your name be hallowed. May your name be honored. May your name be glorified. May everything in our existence elevate your name. Even the Apostle Paul talks about Jesus having the name above all names. You know, it's, it's such an important thing that when, our, when the name of God is attached to us, the name of God is attached to his people, that's not just some arbitrary thing thrown at us. That's such an important uh, identifier of who we are. Um, and not just who we are for now, but who we will be in eternity. God's right to honor and respect. And then observe the Sabbath. God has a right to our lives, our time, our resources, um, the right of how we use everything that God has entrusted to us. There are times that we need to, to understand that, that God wants us to pause in our lives. Man, I'll tell you, for some of us, the scariest thing to do is just to pause. <sighs> right? If somebody said to you, next week you have to take Wednesday off, what would that do to you? That would train wreck some of us, wouldn't it? <laughs> right? Wouldn't it? It would just train wreck you. I, I, just no way. But there's, there's something that happens. And I think, I think one of the things that, that, that the devil has done to us as believers is made us busy. Has made us busy. And there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's times... Of, and listen, I'm, I'm as guilty as anybody. I hate the sound of the echo in my head. Okay? I, I love being busy. Uh, if I stop too long, it just creeps me out you know um this is this is this is a tough one we've become so wired become so busy we've gotten so connected so you know on the treadmill constantly and how many of us how many of us how many of us have ever taken the time to just close our eyes imagine closing your eyes for an hour and not doing anything but just pondering god Wouldn't that scare you to do that? You know, some of you are probably very comfortable doing that, but for some of us, that would be the most frightening experience in our lives, to just take that pause. But that's that's what God would love for us to do. And it's, and it's, and again, it's much more than just resting from work. Okay, it is pondering the things of God, is being actively, actively worshipful and thankful for everything that God has given us. It's reflecting on what God has blessed us with. It's reflecting on his goodness. It's reflecting on his character. It's recognizing how God has knit us together as a family, celebrating the good things that we have in our lives. It's much more than just stop work. It's much more than that. Okay, on the horizontal dimension, the covenant writes, honor father and mother. Parents, boy, I'll tell you, you like th- this one's real. Parents have a right to respect under the Ten Commandments. You know, some of us, we hear that, we struggle. If you knew my parents, if you knew my mom, if you knew my dad, if you knew, you know. But it's part of the Ten Commandments. And, and, and it's part of what God promised. It's the only commandment that has a promise attached to it. That parents do have a right to respect. 
Now, again, I, I don't have time to unpack all of that because don't hear me say that, that you know, you have, you need, you, it means that you're allowed to be abused. Don't, don't hear that, okay? But God's commandment is that children need to respect their parents, that they're in a place of authority, and we struggle with authority, but in God's culture, in God's society, in God's expectations, he has built a society of authority that we respect, and for good reasons, okay? Sex, do not murder. That's an easy one. People have a right to life. People have a right to live their lives. And, you know, people taking that away is not expected. Uh, Seven, do not commit adultery. Here's, to commit adultery is covenant disloyalty. Is covenant treachery. Because God thinks that marriage is a covenant. And every person who, has, who is married, has the right to a pure marriage. Has the right to that marriage being pure. Okay? Covenant treachery is, is, is uh, adultery. Okay? That's why God uses terminology that Israel was an adulterous nation. Because it committed adultery with other gods. That's why, that's why God was able to use that terminology when the nation of Israel turned its back on God and wanted to worship other gods, okay? Do not steal. You have a right to your property. You have a right to what you've worked for that you get to keep, and no one has a right to take that from you. God expects you to own your stuff, and not for it to be taken by somebody else. Again, how many of you have left your car unlocked in our parking lot? Doesn't that freak you out? That, personally, that freaks me out. That we can be in a church, we have to lock our car. We have, you know, we have to make, I have to lock my stuff in my office in case. I, like, this is a church. And yet none of us would dare think of leaving everything unlocked. You know? We just got a new computer at the back of, uh, and, and I, was, I was going crazy thinking that we were just going to leave it back there because it, somebody could easily walk away with this new computer that's over a grand and all that kind of stuff. But that's the reality of the world we live in, right? I just think, imagine how different it would be if just that one commandment was ever followed, don't steal. Imagine what a difference the world would, would, would be. One commandment, don't, don't steal. Anyway, enough about that one. The right to property. Do not testify falsely. We have a right to an honest reputation. We have a right to being represented, represented with integrity and with honesty and with faithfulness. Okay? God expects that we represent him with integrity and with honesty. God gives us that right too. All right? Very, very important. And do not covet the right to security. You know, that I don't, again, this, this partners a little bit with the whole theft and the whole stealing. 
and all that stuff. And notice, notice what's really cool here. Look at the sides. Look at the sides. Remember when people said to Jesus, uh, they asked Jesus, what, are the, what is the greatest commandment? What is the greatest commandment? Um, and, and we all go to Deuteronomy 6 and Leviticus 19. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul. Love your neighbor as yourself. I would say that Jesus was also thinking about the Ten Commandments. Because the first four show what it means to love God. The other six means what it means to love your neighbor. That's the beautiful relationship of these commandments. Beautiful relationship. Okay, I'm out of time. That's it. All right? But I just, I just want to close with this. That's the Ten Commandments. Listen. You're going to have fun in your life groups. I hope you expand a little bit more on this. But these things, Jesus affirmed in the New Testament. Jesus, in fact, fulfilled these commandments. We may not serve explicitly the Ten Commandments, but we serve them implicitly through Jesus Christ. You cannot say, God doesn't want us to steal anymore. Or not to steal, (laughs) right? These commandments still apply because they reflect the character and the nature of God. Jesus affirmed all these commandments and built them into the new covenant where Jesus said, I will take these laws and I will place them upon your heart. They reflect our worship to God and all of that. Um, Dorothy Sayers, I want to just close with a really quick illustration because these are really important because we want to extract these out of our culture. We want to extract these out of our lives, but they're very, very important. Dorothy Sayers, uh, the mystery writer, she said there was, there's two basic laws. There's the law of the stop sign and there's the law of fire. Uh, I thought it was a really good illustration. She says, you know, as, 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 a, as a community, as a society, we can gather together and we can say, here's the law of the stop sign. On this particular corner, we're going to put up a stop sign. And anybody goes through it, we're going to fine them $25, $35, whatever. And, and we can decide amongst ourselves what the punishment's going to be for going through that stop sign. And as time goes, if the corner gets busier... We can even increase the fines of going through that stop sign because the threats become bigger, uh, $60, whatever. And in fact, the time could come when we can take that stop sign away altogether and we're okay with that. We can make that kind of decision. But then that's, that's one type of law, the law of the stop sign. But she says the Ten Commandments, the laws of God are like the law of fire, if we all gathered together as, as, as nations and, says, and said this, and said, okay, from now on, we're going to make a law that fire will no longer burn. Okay? You can very much make that law, but the very first person that leaves that meeting and puts their hand on fire, what's going to happen? They're going to, yeah, ow. They're going to show how dumb they really are, I guess. Um, that's the law of fire. They're going to get burned. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what we say, what we want to think. These commands are based on God's law, his creative power, his ability to know our hearts. And God has actually given us these to protect us. 
and to give us a way of living that honors him. And not just honors him, but honors the people that we're closest to. Because we deserve the right as human beings, as people made in his image, to have the benefits that these commandments give us. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your goodness. And thank you for these uh, ten commandments. How often we treat them as antiquated, as strict. as uh, outdated to the culture and the world that we live in. And yet, Lord, you know better than we could ever know. And they reflect a desire from you to be able to give us a framework to understand what it means to worship you in relationship and what it means to live alongside other human beings. Imagine, Lord, for a second if we took these to heart. No wonder there's so much in our culture and society that don't want to let these rule the day because they can fill us with so much guilt and angst when we recognize how far removed we are from God's desire. Help us, Lord, to bring these back into our own lives as we live individually corporately as a church and may we as your people honor them as we honor you in Jesus name Amen